Welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism podcast. We're so happy you're here with us for another episode. Today we are talking about The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. It's a book about Henrietta Lacks' life. If you don't know who she is, we're going to get into it. Since February is Black History Month, we wanted to talk about Henrietta Lacks and highlight her. And it's a really important topic. So I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah. Well, our obsessions for this week are piercings. Yes. <laughs> we mentioned in last week's episode that we were getting piercings this past week. I got my Tragus pierced. It looks so good. Thank you. I am so happy with the jewelry I got because I got a little cluster of three. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted a jewelry piece. Like somewhere on my ears. That's a cluster. And so I got one. And now you have it. Like if you want yeah. to change it and put it somewhere else. And I probably won't for a while. That's yeah. the nice thing about piercings. If you get good jewelry pierced with, you don't really have to change it mm-hmm. until you're like, eh, I need a refresh. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your tragus. I did my conch and my flat. The conch was like a last minute decision. Um, but I'm really glad I did it because so I'm cute. happy with it. Thank and you. the pink gemstones are so cute. Yeah. I got like on my conch, I got a, p- a lighter pink and then the flat, I got a darker pink. I can't tell when I look at it. You have to be in the right light because it's very subtle. Like I can't tell right now. Yeah. But like it is very subtle, which is, I like, it's yeah. pretty. So, it's really cute. Yeah, those are our obsessions. We love our piercings. More piercings to come. The conches next Not one for me. on I my don't list. Think so, but you're a piercing girl. Yeah, I'd like a few piercings. Yeah. Today's small business highlight is a black-owned, female-owned business in Denver, and it's a yoga studio called Urban Sanctuary. And I absolutely want to go and take a <gasps> class here. Yeah. I looked up the website and found an article that was done. And I want to read a little bit from the article. And then I want to read part of the statement from the Meet the Founder segment on the website because I just loved it so much and I want to share it with you guys. Okay. So from the article, in 2016, Ali Duncan made history as the first black yoga studio owner in Denver, Colorado. Eight years later, business is still booming. The former policewoman is known for being a groundbreaker as she became the first female officer at Fort Collins Police Services in northern Denver. During her time on the police force, she also enjoyed the peace and tranquility that came with practicing yoga. After being the only black woman in the yoga studios she visited for some time, she realized that there wasn't a yoga community that consisted of black and brown women. Instead of complaining about the lack of diversity in the classes, she took a leap of faith and decided to become a yoga teacher. She said, quote, not a lot of places where I saw a lot of black and brown bodies on the mat. So I stopped asking why, why aren't there more spaces? And then I created Urban Sanctuary. To create an inclusive space for not only Duncan's community, but other minorities and yoga lovers, she utilized the summer off from the police force to learn more about the meditation practice. During her break, she flew across the world and spent two months training to become a certified yoga instructor. Wow. So she made it happen. She was like, I don't like this. I'm not just going to talk about it. And she made it happen. And in the article, she said she left her kids with her husband and then went and got certified. And I was like, I love it. Good for her. We have to go. Yes. Yes. So from the website, um, this is part of a letter from our founder, Allie Duncan. 
She said, my name is Allie Duncan, and I'm the founder, creator, and visionary of Urban Sanctuary. This all-inclusive and diverse yoga studio provides space for BIPOC teachers to provide healing and wellness to underrepresented students and communities. Since 2016, my studio has brought healing to marginalized communities who have continuously been excluded from healing modalities such as yoga, Reiki, and meditation. My purpose is to continue implementing anti-racism practices into my studio and the greater collective to create a true sense of belonging. We are expanding this learning with monthly educational meetings for teachers and offer race talks within our community and for others who desire to embody the work. Our focus on anti-racism work allows us to be vulnerable and to connect on a deeper level, making our community safer, more aligned, and stronger. So I love how in addition to the yoga classes, she also has implemented workshops where people can learn and learn how to fight racism. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. I love the Denver highlights. We totally need to go. Yes, I want to go. And when I was looking for a yoga studio like a year ago or so, I came across Urban Sanctuary. And at the time, like I couldn't afford any mm-hmm. yoga studios. But I was like, I really love the mission. Yeah. And I love the founder. She's so cute. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight her. I love it. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's 2023, and it's time to really prioritize our mental health this year. No matter where you are in life, everyone can benefit from therapy. Whether you need to work through trauma or just need a safe person to talk to, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. Get matched with a professional licensed therapist in your state who you can trust. BetterHelp has options to communicate with your therapist via chat, email, or video, and you can message them at any time to get help. BetterHelp is giving our listeners 10% off if you sign up using the link in our show notes. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, or just need someone to talk to, try BetterHelp today by clicking the link in our show notes or go to betterhelp.com slash rtafpod to get 10% off today. All right. Well, we are going to get into the bulk of today's episode, which is who is Henrietta Lacks? So... Um, this topic idea originated from me reading this book in high school. I read it junior year, which was technically my senior year because I graduated early. So I read it junior year and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like, how have I not heard about this before? Um, and then I was reminded of it when there was some current events going on about it. So I I don't want to spoil it, but we'll get into it. So I just want to give an overview of the whole situation, and then I'm going to get into more specifics, and I kind of have it like broken down into categories. So the summary of this whole story is, on February 1st, 1951, Henrietta Lacks visited Johns Hopkins because of a painful, quote, knot in her cervix and bloody vaginal discharge. At the time, the Johns Hopkins doctor The Johns Hopkins Hospital was one of the only of a few hospitals to treat poor African Americans. So that's really important. So after they did a biopsy and they diagnosed her with cervical cancer and the tumor, the look of the tumor that she had was different than anything that the gynecologist who was examining her had seen before. And so automatically he was just like, okay, this is strange. Um, So then prior to treating the cancer, um, cells from the tumor were removed for research purposes without her knowledge or permission, which was standard procedure at the time. 
So it, it was standard procedure, but before treating it, they did just take her cells. Okay. Without okay. her knowledge. During her second visit, eight days later, she met with Dr. Gay and he obtained another sample of her tumor. And these cells would eventually become known as the HeLa cell line, the immortal HeLa cells. Okay. Henrietta Lacks. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. So that was during her second visit. They took more cells and then those would end up becoming. Was she under anything when this happened? Like how did they get? They were just doing a biopsy. Oh, they just did a swab. Yeah. Like they just swabbed. Um, so she was, they sent her home after that. She was doing, um, like this really specific, like basically radiation treatment at the time, but she was still in significant, in a significant amount of pain and she wasn't improving. So she went back to the hospital on August 8th of that same year in 1951. So this was originally started in February. So she went back. She wasn't improving. She was admitted to the hospital, and then she remained there until her death on October 4th. So she was only 31. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. She was so young. Um, so then afterwards, they did a partial autopsy after she died, and it showed that the cancer had metastasized throughout her whole body. So that's a summary of the overall events. Now we're going to get into who was Henrietta because she was a sweet woman and we're going to get into that. So she was born on August 1st of 1920 and she was born in Roanoke, Virginia. And her mother died in childbirth. And so after, and this was not with her, but this was her mother died in childbirth four years after she was born. Mm -hmm. And so after that happened, um, her dad took her and his her nine other siblings oh my gosh to a different town in virginia and then he basically divided all the kids like up against all the relatives oh cuz he was okay a single dad and he was overwhelmed a lot of kids yeah so henrietta ended up with her grandfather and he her grandfather was also looking after another grandchild who was henrietta's cousin and He was named David, known as Day, and they got married on April 10th of 1941. Okay. So cousins that were both being raised by their grandfather, they both, they got married. Okay. So with Day, she had five children. Their names were Deborah, Elsie, Zachariah, David, and Lawrence. And then she ultimately passed away at the age of 31. So she left behind five young kids Mm -hmm. and her husband, which is really sad. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of about her. So now I want to get into the HeLa cells. So Dr. Gay discovered that her cells did something different than anything before. And this was that they could be kept alive and they could keep growing. Oh. And they'd never seen this before in this certain wait, type wait, wait. of cells. He, the doctor did this or her cells just did this? Her cells just multiplied. And, like, they were able to grow when they he kept them in, like, a stable environment. They grew and they multiplied, whereas normally they would just die. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 
So that was different. And so obviously he was like very intrigued. And the thing about the thing that was like so crazy is that they tried to take other cells from like the same type of cancer, but they would only survive for a few days from a different person. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And they tried with like multiple different people and they wouldn't survive, but hers did. And so he, Dr. Gay, he isolated one specific cell and he multiplied it and that started the HeLa cell line. And so as the first human cells that could be grown in a lab and were, quote, immortal, which means they didn't die after cell divisions, Mm -hmm. they could be used for many other experiments. Oh, no. Okay. I see what's happening. Yeah. So... They took her cells at one of the only hospitals that would serve poor African-American individuals. She went there and I read the book. It was so long ago. So like, I don't remember all the details, but I remember her being on like a, like a lower level unit where they didn't really get much attention and like how it was back then. Mm -hmm. And so she died and left behind her five kids and then but they took her cells and started using them for research which is good if she had known that it was there was no consent no consent from her family or from her Mm -hmm. so we're seeing the issue here Mm -hmm. so the impact of the cells now we know all the stuff that the HeLa cells have been able to do So the total weight of HeLa cells ever grown is estimated to exceed 50 million metric tons. That's a lot for a cell, right? Yeah. Oh, metric tons. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So like her cells have been multiplying and like crazy. Still? Mm Mm-hmm. They're still alive to this day. HeLa cells. She doesn't have – they don't have consent from her though. Like once they figured this out, shouldn't they have – So that's, I mean, it's, it's hard because it's, so this is the other, this is all the stuff that her cells have done. So they were vital in developing the polio vaccine and uncovering secrets of cancer, certain viruses, and the effects of radiation treatment. Um, They also led to improvements in in vitro fertilization, cloning, and gene mapping. They use they have used her cells worldwide for research in cancer, AIDS, um, the effects of toxic substances, and they've also been used to test human sensitivity to tape, glue, cosmetics, and many other products. There are almost eleven thousand patents involving HeLa cells. That's insane. Yeah, so like oh. it's hard because it's like okay, her cells have done all of these amazing things, but. From the get-go, there was no consent. And she's part of a marginalized community, and they don't care. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you didn't uh, have any questions about the ethical concerns, uh, <laughs> here's a, a few more. So Henrietta's family didn't learn about her cells and her immortal cells until more than 25 years after her death. And when they when scientists began investigating HeLa cells – they started using specimens from her husband and children without informed consent. What? How how did they get samples? I don't know. But they like somehow they did and so they started using those samples without their consent. Mhm. 
Wow. Her family also did not see any profits from the multi-million dollar industry that sells human biological materials. That was my first thought when you were reading off everything that her cells have contributed to. I highly doubt they ever saw a penny even, and I guess they didn't. Nope, they didn't. And so those are like obvious ethical concerns with directly affecting her family. Mm-hmm. They've also been used in different studies, some of which are really unethical. So for example, in 1932, um, 600 African Americans, 399 had syphilis and 201 didn't have syphilis. They were enrolled in a study to investigate the natural course of syphilis. But so this started in 1932. In 1947, penicillin was discovered to as the drug of choice for treatment of syphilis, but they denied patients it in the study. And the federal government sponsored this study for 40 years. It was supposed to last six months, but it continued for 40 years and only stopped after a $10 million settlement. From And President Clinton apologized on behalf of the nation. So they just... They used her They cells. basically neglected them. Yep. So first off, they're neglecting and denying treatment to all of these African-American individuals who were in this syphilis study. And it kept going on for 40 years with zero explanation. And they were u- testing like the different medicines and stuff with her cells, with the HeLa oh cells. So there's like double injustices done there. Mm-hmm. And that's just one example of a study that utilized the HeLa cells. Um, they also, there was a really well-respected cancer researcher who in February wanted, uh, February 1954, wanted to see the effects of injecting the HeLa cells in cancer patients and then in healthy patients as a control and just see how they were, like how they went and if it helped them. And so three junior doctors refused to do that because they said it violated basic patient rights. I'm sorry. Can you back up? I don't under, I didn't really understand. The this really well-known cancer researcher wanted to do a test and he wanted to inject cancer patients with HeLa cells and then inject healthy patients with HeLa cells and see if it did anything. Okay. So he did that. The junior doctors were like, no, that's violating many rights. And it's also immoral. without their consent. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wasn't getting. I'm like, what's the big deal with that? I didn't. Yeah. That. Um, so yeah, they didn't want to do it. Um, the board ended up like suspending his license for a year and only a year. So obviously not okay at all. A lot of the especially like the early studies surrounding the HeLa cells, the the very like basis of it is unethical because of how the cells were obtained. But on top of it, the studies are also like extremely unethical. Like, why do you think you can inject someone with cells? Yeah. With cancer cells. So I'm guessing this is this like helped bring about the standard procedures we have in healthcare now and like why informed consent is so important and consent in general. So they ended up finding that there were the ones that they found 22 other unethical studies like that one, the injecting the HeLa cells. Um, They found 22 other ones that were so similar. And so that 
prompted um, the board to increase supervision for research. And also it really prompted the necessity of informed consent. So that came out of that. But also I'm like, I feel like those were kind of like bare minimums that anyone should do. Why wasn't this in place before? That's common sense. Yeah. So what's the word? Like you're maliciously doing that. You know that. Malintent. Malintent. No, not the healthcare word. Just like You know you're doing that. I don't think that's And it's wrong. But no, yeah. Yeah, like you know it's wrong. That doctor, how do you think that would be right? Yeah, that's not (laughs) okay. So are the HeLa cells still being used today? So um, that brings us to the latest Okay. (laughs) So yeah, they're still being used today. Um, And like I said, there was like hundreds of – or thousands of patents um, on her cells with different researchers like testing different things. And the latest update – is as of August 1st, 2023. So last year, over 70 years after doctors took Henrietta's cells without her consent or knowledge, her family reached a settlement with biotech company Thermo Fisher's Lax, and descendants had sued the company for making billions of dollars off of her cell, off of her cells. So they finally reached a settlement, and the terms of the settlement are confidential right now and they're likely to remain confidential just because like they've already had so much yeah public some privacy yeah so they're probably just gonna remain confidential but the this says i'll read this as a quote it says the success of the legal strategy increases the likelihood that this becomes the first in a series of complaints seeking compensation for and control of lax cells for helo cells were the world's first capable of replicating outside her body. Okay, we knew that. But yeah, so like it, this was like a really monumental thing because they were able to win their settlement, but it's still like, okay, we got like some that, money, but... That doesn't take back anything that happened or make them feel any better. I can't believe they didn't find out for 25 years. Yeah. And they were using her husbands and kids oh my cells gosh. for research too because they said oh if she if her cells are immortal then maybe yeah, their so, cells are too so do we know anything about the family member cells there wasn't anything that was said um which probably makes me think confidential. yeah it was confidential or unremarkable but um yeah it's just really crazy so that's kind of a summary a very quick summary because there's like the book is like pretty long and there's a lot of detail in there about her life like early life her family like everything like that and so I would highly recommend reading it it's called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks I remember you talking about that book in high school because you were like I just can't believe this Mm -hmm. wow I didn't know I knew of Henrietta Lacks. I didn't know the extent to which this went. Yeah. So I'm glad I got to learn about that. Damn. Yeah. I feel so bad. I want to know what her relatives think of all this. They're all – so when – in August when the news came out, I was, like, reading articles and stuff. And obviously, like, all of them are super upset. They're Mm -hmm. super – feel super violated mm-hmm. on behalf of Henrietta and themselves. And a, a lot of the concern from them was trying to somehow get ownership of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which 
I unfortunately don't think is going to happen because there's over 50 metric tons of HeLa cells. Um, but like something needs to happen where they get something more, you know? Wow. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. I mean, it's amazing that they settled after 70 years even. So mm. that's a good thing. Some sort of justice. Yeah. So do we have HeLa cells? within us like if we've gotten no. certain vaccines like I'm wondering if they're they were just used for testing or for production probably not production anymore I don't yeah I'm not sure about that um but we can read the book and find out <laughs> I need to it's on my TBR <laughs> yeah it, it's um it's a very sad story but we can honor Henrietta Lacks and her family um, by first off talking about it and spreading awareness of it and just learning more about her life. I think that's like the biggest thing we can do because she really, she died at 31, but I just remember from the book, like she was just such a kind person mm -hmm. and she had her five kids. They were everything to her. They were her life. Like, and so she was just an amazing person. And so she deserves for people to know about her, yeah. especially when her cells are have saved countless lives. They've yeah. they might could have saved our lives, you know. She has contributed a lot to the medical world, to healthcare. Even like how they were saying they use her cells to test like tape. Yeah, like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed learning more about it, especially like working in healthcare and like the career path that I chose. I would like to know about that. Mm -hmm. And I've studied consent in like so many of my classes. So wow. Yeah. I just wish it didn't have to be that way for us to get to where we are now. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that is The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yeah, we can put a link to the book in the show notes if you guys want to check it out and read. I for sure am interested in more of her early life and her childhood and her family and just mm -hmm. like her as a person instead of just like how she's defined. Yeah, you know? like what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I would highly encourage reading the book or listening to the book or whatever because – like I said, I don't remember super specific details, but I know I remember like how much she loved her kids and, and that like stuck with you. how good of a person she was. Yeah. Like she just didn't deserve that. And it's, and like, also who would think that a provider would do that? Mm, yeah. Right. Like that's the scary thing. You just never know. And like the, the, um, hospital that she went to, like, obviously like mostly served poor underserved communities mm -hmm. and I just feel so bad well and like um the controversy of it is like Johns Hopkins is a huge yeah. hospital and so when I was doing research Johns Hopkins came up like really at the top of the search I think they probably pay to have that spot um <laughs> they came up at the top of the search and it was like honoring Henry or like the the life of Henrietta Lacks like something like that like they've publicly come out and well yeah because everyone knows uh, yeah but like I don't know it just didn't do it justice for me I was like I feel like you guys could have said much more oh like it was not yeah it wasn't like really long like I was expecting like a deep dive mm -hmm. but I I couldn't even like pull anything from their website as a source because they didn't have that much and I was just like that's disappointing like you guys did something very wrong yeah 
one of your doctors at your hospital. Who is affiliated with you. Yeah. So maybe, like, let's do a little more to recognize her. I don't know. Like, let's name a wing of the hospital after her. Yeah, literally. And have more than just, like, two things in a webpage. Anyways. So that's Henrietta Lacks. Well, thank you for educating us on that. We will be back next week to talk with you guys about a brand new episode. Connect with us on all of our socials in our show notes. You can still join book club, sign up for our weekly email newsletter. I know I say this every week. I sound like a broken record, but we just want to connect with you guys, especially if you are an avid listener and you've been with us since the beginning. If you're an OG, especially come hang out with us. Yeah. We will be back next week. And thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everyone.